You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. Hello. 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 Hello to all you weekend listeners of the Oz Network. Uh, listening to Star Trek Discovery. Uh, almost a week late. Uh, we do apologize for the delay on getting this episode out there. We no, almost we wanted. Well, I apologize. Jamie's not as nice as I am. Um, I wanted to get this episode out there earlier, but we've been tied up recording other things this week, trying to get ahead. Uh, lots going on, as uh, you've probably been listening to all of our episodes, like our Thor review that we did. I'm sure everybody heard that one already. And if you haven't, go listen to it. It's basically Jamie doing what she does on this podcast, which is talking about shirtless men for about an hour straight. But this time we're talking Star Trek Discovery, and I guess not technically the, depending when you're listening to this, maybe not technically the newest episode, the newest at the time of recording, um, episode seven, Magic to Make the Sanest Man Go Mad, which I still don't understand the episode titles of this. Uh, my name is Colin, by the way, and you are? Jamie Hilding. Okay, Jamie Hilding. <laughs> Very excited. Uh, there's a lot more personality than you were showing five minutes before this. I don't want to do this podcast. I want to make supper. I want to be, it's one o'clock in the afternoon. and she I, wants to make I supper. want to make slow-cooked meatballs. All right, let's get this show on the road here. Uh, <laughs> Magic to make the sanest man go mad, episode seven. Uh, after this, we're going to have only two episodes left before we take the break for the Christmas and New Year season. Uh, Jamie, this episode, just to remind you, was basically cause and effect from the next generation. Yeah. <laughs> An episode pretty, we've all seen and loved before. Pretty much. Uh, but it but, was a great episode. I was going to ask, what did you think of this episode? But you yeah. just told us. So let's... There we go. Buy it, bin it, rent it. No, just uh, briefly oh, tell the, us. That's the end of the episode. No. Oh, thank goodness. <laughs> I wish I was the end of Star Trek Discovery at this point. No, but just briefly tell us uh, what were your feelings on episode seven? Cause and effect. I mean, magic to make the Satanist man go mad. Uh, no, I really like the episode. Actually, I found it very interesting. And um, I like that they brought back the uh, prisoner guy. Harry Mudd. Yeah, uh, because I was wondering what happened to them. And I, I feel like this show, one of the things that it's lacking is um, um, tie, tying up. No, no, not even that, but t- tying up loose ends. Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah, I really like the fact that they did that. I'm still curious of a bunch of things, but I think that they'll probably iron it out as they go. Okay. Um, yeah, I wasn't as crazy about this episode, although I will say it was my favorite I've seen this season. You kind of watch this and we try not to give away our opinions and you're like, this was a really good episode. And I'm like, it was okay. There's some problems. It's kind of the way it's been going lately with Star Trek Discovery with us. Uh, I did like this a lot more than the first six episodes. And I feel like they finally hit a rhythm of maybe progressing the show, you know, uh, just with the serialized storyline while also giving us some standalone episodes we still are dying to see a planet or anything other than just the four rooms on the Discovery, which at this point just look tired and old. Yeah. But this was a fun episode. And the reason it was fun was because it was basically a remake of my favorite Next Generation episode of all time, which I've said three times already, Cause and Effect. Cause and Effect was the Next Generation episode where the crew was living the same day over and over again. And there were just slight differences because one character was able to experience this and know, oh, this is what's going on and slightly catch on. And then it's, well, how are we going to get word to ourselves in the next day if this plan doesn't work? This is the exact same episode. Um, But I enjoyed this because I like cause and effect. And for the most part, they handled it well. There is a massive plot hole in this episode, which I'll talk about in a few minutes here, that you didn't even catch on uh, right away. But 
Uh, it was interesting when you mentioned it. Yeah, it, it basically just ruins the whole episode, which is one of the reasons why I'm still being very critical here. Uh, but, I mean, it's the same plot. I guess the major difference being is that this took place over 30 minutes as opposed to a whole day. Uh, did you mind that... As a, you probably remember cause and effect quite well, right? I remember it a bit, yeah. I mean, you're talking to somebody that has a memory like Dory, but I remember yeah. it, yeah, and it was good. Yeah, there's that Dory comment, which she forgets she mentioned on every episode, including the episode we recorded maybe an I hour ago. I that. <laughs> but uh, did you mind that cause and effect took place over an entire day? So we probably saw the same story three or four times, and here we're seeing the same story about eight times because it's only 30 minutes. Yeah. That was... I, I thought that the episode was fast paced because of that. It didn't drag, but I also felt like it did reach a point where maybe on the last one or two 30 minute loops, they're reliving where I was like, okay, I'm kind of done with this. Let's just see where this is going already. Yeah. Well, but the thing is though, is I think with that feeling, it gives you the ability to relate to Stamets more because he is basically. <laughs> is Stamets a relatable character? No, I, I'm saying like it, by the end of the episode, I mean, he's just completely like, oh my gosh, oh, yeah, this is so annoying. He's he's the data in this one, which again is tying even more to that whole theory that something went weird with him when he took over for the Tardigrade Ripper. Tardigrade, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, so, I mean, I understand what you're saying there, but I think at the same time, like, it, it gave me more appreciation for what he was going through. It's like, oh my gosh, this is so annoying. And well, yeah. And they did show it maybe like eight times, as you mentioned. But uh, you know, the characters have talked about that. You know, they've actually relived the same thirty minutes like more than a hundred times. Yeah, and they even say in the next generation, we could have been caught in this loop for you know a week, or we could have been in this loop for a hundred years. And you eventually see the way the cause and effect ends. That's the one that people don't remember the ending. It's famous for having Kelsey Grammer pop up in the end where they really find out how long at least somebody had been in this loop because they weren't the only ones caught in this time loop and it had been decades at least for them uh but it is interesting that they have been here so many times one thing i did like about this being relived over and over again was it 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 gave you an option to take the one breather scene and i'm not a fan of this whole love story story storyline they have going on i'll get your opinion on that too but um just the fact that they had this oh it's getting more and more intense Oh, now I have to try this. Now what's going to happen if we try this? Now this time Mud killed everybody. This time uh, Tyler doesn't believe us. This time the captain does this. There is the one time where, as you said, they've lived this day so many times, the Stamets is just like, you know what? Forget it. It's fine. Hey, don't worry about stopping Harry Mud this time. We're going to live the same day over and over again. Why don't you just go out and make out with Tyler for a little bit there, Burnham? Uh, which really starts this whole love story, which I'm sure is going to be dragged out way too long. And it's already kind of annoying. Oh, probably. Yeah. And I mean, my input, the only thing really that I have to say about it is I don't trust this dude. Yet. You don't trust Tyler? Or... Yeah. That's because I gave you the internet theory, which we're still not going to say on the air. People want to know about the theory. Look up the theory about who Ash Tyler is or who he might be. Because of some behind the scenes stuff that, you know, people have theorized. Yeah, I don't, I don't trust him. So we'll see. <laughs> I love that you treat it like a real person. I just don't trust this guy. He's just a bad egg. He's a bad man. <laughs> bad, He's bad man. evil. Yeah. Um, He's a bad dude. But even though I'm not crazy about the fact we're getting this love story, I like that we had that one brief moment. And it was a good scene where he's just like, yeah, forget it. Just go dance with the guy or whatever. Uh, it, it changed the pace of the episode. It made it feel a little bit less like cause and effect, but this was just cause and effect all over again. Um, and again, I kind of like that and dislike at the same time. Um, 
Maybe well, they're many... trying to pay homage to it, or homage, or however people say homage. Can you say that with a French accent? I just want to hear you say that with a French accent. Homage. Well, that was French. Okay, we live in Canada. It's the second language here. You have to learn it in school. That's your French accent. Bonjour. Okay, now say bonjour, homage. Bonjour, homage. Okay. <laughs> there you go. It's a little bit more French. Um, you know, you know, it's they're paying homage to it. At your point, yeah. And so, I mean, with with that, maybe they were just trying to tie back a little bit to other Star Trek. Yeah, but they're tying forward because <laughs> Next Generation takes place later. It's just this. This again. I I was talking about this this past week that. Uh, this was my favorite episode, but it was kind of just a remake of my favorite episode, Next Generation. And is it sad that they've already, seven episodes in, run out of ideas that they're just remaking a famous Next Generation episode? Like, this show had this troubled production where, you know, uh, the orig- Brian Fuller, the original uh, creator of this show, had come on, did the first two parts, and then they basically said, oh yeah, we're, we don't like the direction you're going to take the show in. So they fired him and they brought in somebody else and this whole show was rewritten, which is maybe one of the reasons why none of the characters from the first two appear or why the tone of the change, uh, the tone and change of the show is still being adjusted every week. Right. But like, it's just, it feels way too soon to be remaking an episode of The Next Generation. Yeah, I, I don't know. And, you know, part of me just wants to try to give it a little bit of grace and just think maybe, maybe they did this too because they wanted to have some way to tie in the love story and they thought this was a good way to do it. Yeah. Um, well it, it is, that's what I was saying, even though I'm not crazy with the love story, it was a clever way to work that in there where, yeah. and I dislike how at the end of the episode, Stamets basically apparently tells him, yeah, you guys were you you know, guys sucking were, face hard. You guys got it on. You guys got it on, which I mean, they didn't get it on, but the, the whole point is, I don't think it was effective to tell them that because now it just makes us, you know, it forced even more. And I'm already finding Burnham's character getting a little bit forced just because we're now seven episodes in and six of them have been about Burnham. This one was not even really about Stamets. I kind of was feeling for a while because he's the one character who was aware that they're living the same day again, that it would be his episode. He basically gets written out once... Yeah, Burnham and Tyler come into the picture and they're aware of what's going on. And I just, I don't know, I don't think anybody really likes uh, shows cramming a character down your throat and they definitely don't like shows cramming a couple down your throat. And I'm yeah. just, I'm not seeing that people are going to click with this whole Tyler Burnham thing. It has to evolve organically or be set up very clearly from the beginning. Like we'll talk about this in the end, but Riker and Troy, how many interactions did they have throughout the next generation, really, in relation to their past love story? Almost none at all in seven years. Yeah. A few mentions here and there. But it was the fact they were introduced and they said from the beginning, yeah, they used to be a thing and it didn't go so well and now they're having to work together. It made it so that, you know, I don't even know how many years, what was it, 10 years later when Insurrection came and they actually did finally hook up again? Ins- that- insurrection or interaction? <laughs> Riker was still young and virile at that point. Um, could have been either. Interaction. Uh, but yeah, I, I feel like that story was done so much better. I just I just don't like so early them throwing this out there. But that also leads me to believe that Tyler may be a character that's short-lived for the show. Because why are you trying to hotshot this storyline, you know? Yeah. Um, do you think that this is going to end well? Or is this going to... Are they introducing it so early because... They need to write this out by the end of the season, and this is probably something that's not going to happen. 
It's hard to say. I mean, with this show, I never really know, to be honest with you. Um, you know, you ask me different predictions about stuff, and honestly, this is one show where I, I don't know exactly what type of angle they're going to have going forward with it, but um, I think what they're going to do is they're going to have, like, breadcrumbs of this relationship through the through the uh, series that they have, and to try to do some big twist with the relationship where it doesn't work out. That's my guess. Yeah. Cause is, I, is that they aren't going to shove it down the ear throat. It's going to be breadcrumbs. And then it's, it's good. It's going to be like really serious and emphasized. And then it's going to be a twist and it's kind of not going to work out. That's my guess. We touched a little bit on Lorca and how he, at least the Admiral last week was going to be, you know, removing him from his position. And when she got kidnapped, just sort of got brushed under the rug but that maybe he did deserve this. I mean, is he coming across more and more like the worst captain ever in so many areas? And I don't mind Jason Isaacs, but we have no reason to believe that he ever should have been appointed captain. Forget about the whole backstory they're giving us that Lorca had, uh, you know, this this experience where he was the only one who survived. You know, he wasn't the captain that went down the ship. Everybody else in the ship went down oh, and he survived. The, the Burain? Is that what it's called? Bur- the the, the Burain or something like that? Or yeah. the Burna, Burna something? Um, Buran. The Buran, yeah. That's what it was. Uh, the Burmese, uh, <laughs> the Szechuan. But um, it's just the fact that it really does make, we, we kind of dissected this, it makes no sense unless he is a villain that has an ulterior motive that he ever would have allowed Burnham to have the position she has. Yeah. And then Tyler, this guy who he's on a ship with once who helps him escape, they say in this episode he is the head security officer. There are like hundreds of people on this ship. Are we honestly to believe that there is nobody more qualified than this guy he met two weeks ago? Yeah, well, and even the Admiral uh, voiced concerned about that. Like, you just met this person. Like, what? Yeah, and this is why I'm having a hard time with some of these new characters on the show. Because everybody is being crammed down your throat. Tilly's being crammed down your throat a lot. Uh, and I was even more annoyed with her this I week. I like her. I don't know why you like Tilly. You've been sniffing glue or something. <laughs> a screw loose. Nobody should like Tilly. Um, she's just annoying. It doesn't make sense how this cadet is involved. In it. It's just like Wesley Crusher all over again. Oh, this character that should not even be on the bridge is allowed in all these situations. Uh, Burnham, they're going a little bit too far with her power and authority and being the only smart person there. My biggest complaint. Tyler, how is he the head security officer? He just got there and they know nothing about him. And Saru, the one real interesting character we have, the one character that should be in power, that really has authority, he's just he's pushed... Getting, he's getting looked over. Not even... It's not even... Yeah, he is getting looked over, but even more so, it's like the producers are, you know, uh, looking over Saru. Like, but that's what I mean. What's the point of him being there anymore? We have one really good character and they're not using him. Yeah. No, I agree with you. And I'm a huge fan of him and I hope that they do something with him going forward. And we saw the, I don't know what you want to call it, the rave on this one. <laughs> the big party, oh, the party. Which, I don't know if that fits Star Trek either. Like, no. And it's supposed to, again, be like before all the other Star Treks, right? So it's yeah. like, it just feels really out of place. And and again, like the, this... We didn't see this even on Enterprise. No. This so. type of fraternization and people, you know... Uh, drunken sexual advances and stuff. Yeah, no, like, it's one thing if, I mean, you have, like, a bar and people are just kind of sitting there having fun, laughing, or whatever. But With this... Whoopi Goldberg in the background exactly, serving drinks. Exactly, yeah. but this was, like, straight out, like, hey, man, you want to, like, you want to... You want to go hook up? We have, like... The girl with the cybernetic implants making out with some other weird guy. Like, just these random characters. You want to have some speed? 
Yeah, it was. It felt like a rave scene. I just don't like it yeah. at all. No, I, um, I felt like it was out of place. Yeah, uh, Harry Mudd though, like wow. He was, I, he was really good in this one. And again, Rain Wilson from The Office. I never would expect him to play this. I still do wonder why he looks so old. If he looks way older than the original character, and this is ten years earlier. But I thought he was good in the first episode, the one where he was with Tyler and Lorca on the Klingon ship. But here, we really got to see him. Like, this was a mischievous character. Harry Mudd's kind of like the original series version of Q. He's just there to cause trouble. You know, he's not this dastardly villain trying to take over the world. He just wants to profit. And they really used him to his full potential this week. And his performance, like, I wish they could find a way to keep Mudd on the show. And it wouldn't be that unusual. Because you look at shows like Deep Space Nine that had a character like Quark, yeah. who in any other world would be a villain character like Harry Mudd, and they just found a way to incorporate him to the main cast. I, I, I know that it's not your typical Star Trek thing to do, but at least bring him back a few more times this season. And who knows? Like, they might. I mean, they might do something where he escapes from his fiance or whatever. Again, yeah. And then you see him and and then, yeah. Because, I mean, I think that they... Didn't they say something like... Oh, no. I'm thinking about something else. Never mind. <laughs> You've already lost track of it. I, I watched, you guys, I'm trying to beef up on my Star Trek knowledge here. I watched uh, the first episode of Star Trek Generation. With Q. I know. I, and that's what I was thinking about because he, he was saying, I can't promise, you know, that you'll never see me again type of thing. And yeah. I got confused because I thought that was this and then it's not. So, But it is weird again. Maybe it's because it's a shorter season that they basically used mud in episode five and then again in episode seven. Usually if you have a character that you intend to just sprinkle throughout the show maybe they'll appear a few times every season you won't put them almost back to back like this which makes me think maybe we'll see a lot more of him soon and i wouldn't mind because even at this point jason isaacs isn't saving Lorca for me like i could care less about any of these characters other than saru right now yeah no i agree and burnham when she's not stealing the spotlight every week and i still have yet to see them get down and actually explore anything like this is supposed to be like and i know it's a worship and stuff like that like well, but it was, it was, they started the season off saying it was like a science type of ship. Yeah. So again, that would lead me to believe like exploration. They're trying to find stuff out, you know, um, go to different planets and find things or whatever. Like it's a science ship operation. And then it, and then obviously the war thing happened and it's a warship now, but I, I want them to go down on a planet, planet and yeah. actually do something. Yeah. And so does Casper. If you can hear him in the background, yeah, he's, he's agreeing. Um, I mean, I don't think you could use the excuse as a war show because they've already taken a few episodes away from the war storyline to just explore standalone episodes and having, uh, this one, which really had nothing to do with the war other than the fact that Mud's trying to sell this, you know, technology, the spore drive or whatever to the Klingons. Uh, it had nothing to do with the war. And if these people can take time out of their day to have a rave, then they can take time out of their day to explore a planet. And even if this is a war, like Voyage, I, I said this, I think, last week or the week before. Voyager was a show about people lost 70 years from home and a long voyage home. And they found an excuse every couple of weeks to just stop and explore a world. And maybe it's as simple as, well, somebody's sick and we need to get something on this planet. Or, hey, our shuttle malfunctioned and, you know, Lorca crashed. We got to go get him. It's not going to be hard to do that. Just finally, do at least before we take the break at the end of the season. Yeah, I agree. Now, let's mention my plot hole that I pointed out, which I don't know if it changed your opinion of this episode overall, but it really makes no sense. So the entire storyline, this is living the same day over and over again. And Stamets is the only one who knows what's going on. 
and he's the only one who could carry his memories from one day to the next. So on the second last loop that we experience, um, he tells all of this to Burnham and he tells all of this to um, Tyler and they form a plan, which is their final plan. Now he gets taken prisoner by mud and he's gone. Uh, and Burnham comes up with this idea and says, I'm going to force him to reset the loop and I'm going to basically kill myself. So Stamets is out of the picture. He knows about none of this. And the whole idea is that they, they do this so that the next time they come back, they can throw everything at him and we got one last chance to get him. This entire plan would hinge on the fact that Stamets would have to be there when Burnham and Tyler come up with this whole kill herself plan to force um, to force Mud to reset the day again or reset the, the loop. But Stamets is not there. Yeah. And it happened so quickly, there's no way that Mud could have been like, Stamets, this is what happened. I can't believe she did this. And, huh, I'll file that in my memory bank. So when the day resets, nobody has any knowledge of this plan. And yet we have Tyler and Burnham reliving the same day as if they're carrying their knowledge over from the previous loop. But the only way that would be possible if Stamets had told them about it and Stamets was not there. Yeah. Like that alone ruined this episode for me from what would have been, you know, a high recommendation of a pretty lazy remake uh, into being like, this is complete nonsense. And if anybody has a theory as how this makes sense, please explain it. But uh, I don't think it works at all. I don't think it works either. Um, we got two episodes left after this. Uh, I don't know if we're going to get a big cliffhanger because technically the next episode is what was supposed to be the mid-season finale. So I'm thinking that we're probably going to get maybe a two-parter here and that instead of holding the two-parter over, that they're going to use this two-parter as a way to close out the first half of the season and come back next year with something different. Um, but yeah, give us a planet, give us something, give us an episode without Burnham for once. Not that I dislike Burnham, but something. Jamie, buy it, bin it, rent it for episode seven, cause and effect part I'd, two. I'd rent it. Yeah, I I have a feeling you were going to buy it until I ruined your, the episode for you with that plot hole. Yeah. Um, I was leaning towards buying it until that plot hole hit me. Uh, but even in retrospect, I mean, if, if, if I were to rewatch this episode and find that there is some valid explanation for, you know, what happened there, that maybe I missed one line where Stamets was hiding in the corner and listening to it all with a notepad uh, or his iPad or anything, uh, I still feel like there's a few flaws in this episode, like a love story that doesn't work, which I guess will transition us to the next part. Um, love story. So let's talk rankings this week, Jamie. Uh, you're not really a fan of the love story or are you a fan? Are you interested to see where Burnham and Tyler go? No. Would you rather see Burnham hook up with Saru? That might be more interesting. <laughs> Would you rather see Burnham hook up with Lorca? Yeah. Yeah. That one's not even a question. That's just, yeah, Burnham and Lorca. Yeah. He, he's pretty hot. Yeah. The Tyler is just at this point underdeveloped. So... We're going to go through the couples of Star Trek. Now, this is something that's not really that fun. The, we're going to substitute the original series here. Uh, and you're probably not going to remember half of these. I won't. <laughs> but keep watching throughout the week, and next week we'll have a better poll for you. Um, so original series couple, we're going to go with not the original series, but the original movies based on the original series. That is Spock. And Uhura. We're talking about the Zachary Quinto and Zoe Saldana Spock. Spock and Uhura? Uhura. 
Ahura? Ahura. So Spock and Ahura is our couple number one. Couple number two is Troy and Riker, obviously. Uh The only real couple Uh from uh Next Generation. So couple number three, Deep Space Nine. We have a couple we could choose from. We're going to choose the good one, which was Worf and Dax. Now, you remember Dax? I think so. You, you definitely remember Dax, and you probably don't know the show well enough, but let's just... I know you're going to be ranking these couples differently. Um, Dax on Deep Space Nine was the woman, remember we talked about, who was technically a man at one point. Oh, yeah, I remember. Yeah, and she married Worf on the show. Yeah. And then, of course, when she changed forms, the new Dax decided to ditch him for Bashir, which was boring and dull and predictable. But that's our couple number three. Uh, couple number four from Voyager is Paris and Taurus, and that's the half Klingon woman and the guy who is technically a prisoner, the blonde guy, the pretty boy of the show. I'm seeing no recollection in you, so you can just remove that from your poll because you're going to rank it last. And then to Paul and Tucker, which was not your traditional relationship. It was just having sex for the experimentation purposes. Would be to Paul. And... That's your number one? Yeah. Just because you like them getting dirty? I don't know. I, I like her. And then, uh, what was the first one that you said? Ahura and Spock. Yeah, probably them. <laughs> Sorry, continue. <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, Troy. And Riker? Yeah. And then, what was the other one? Dax and Worf. Yeah. Okay. And then, and then them, and then Michael Burnham. Well, Burnham wasn't in the poll, but like the couple who hasn't even become a couple yet is still ahead of Paris and Torres on Voyager. Um, no, okay, so my rankings, I'm going to do this a little bit differently because, well, as usual, I'm right and you're wrong. Um, I would actually, doing this backwards, I would rank Taurus and Paris last because everything about Voyager is usually last. Uh, I would do Spock and Uhura second last just because uh, I don't feel like we really had a backstory with them and... Although I feel like it worked on a certain level, I think it just got old really quickly. Uh, It was just an interesting twist. Cast was really upset about that. And then we have the um, Riker and Troy, I would actually rank as third. So I'm not even putting them in the top two, just because it didn't become a thing until Insurrection, the movie, really. And then Nemesis, they got married, and that was great, the way they handled it there. Um, So then number two will be T'Pol and Tucker, who basically just, you know got it on every single week in their underwear. And number one is Worf and Dax. Like, come on, Worf married Dax. Like, that's that's different. You're just shrugging now. Um, those are our couples of Star Trek. One of the least favorite things. One of these days we'll get to the throwaway characters and we'll figure out if Tilly really is worse than Crusher. Um, anything else you want to add on this episode, Jamie? Not for this episode. All right. Then, uh, my name is Colin, and this is at least the 100th time we've recorded this episode. Let's see if it sticks. Thank you for listening to the Oz Network. Don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week. For more information, hit us up at theoznetwork.net.